The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired for Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles! I am your host tonight. I am at agent underscore 70. I'm flying solo tonight. Um, uh, the other co-hosts of the Compa Chronicles are unable to attend tonight's recording. Uh, so uh, shout out to them. Uh, we'll do their plugs right now. Um, not with me tonight is at PCN underscore dirt. He is not uh, feeling up to the task. He's been a bit under the weather for a little while now. Hopefully he'll get better soon. Uh, you can find at PCN underscore dirt on Twitter and uh, at uh, popculturenetwork.com at www.ineedcomics.com at uh, at popculturenet on Twitter. So uh, you can follow him there. You can follow our man at TimDog98 on Twitter and uh at cb cron on twitter and at the click nation on twitter and at www.theclicknation.com and you can follow his exploits on uh comic book resources where he as roddy cat is fond of saying is writing his ass off but i believe uh tim may be uh taking some time off uh he is uh, enjoying a well-deserved vacation uh so he's um Having some fun in the sun, let's say. Good for him. Last but not least is at Roddy Cat on Twitter, who can also be found at, at News Nerds Need. And uh, he is the man behind the Instagram handle at CBCap. So uh, you can find uh, Roddy Cat on uh, those uh, forms of social media. You can find myself at, at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Cash register for everybody. So, uh, thank you for tuning in. You can find us here uh, almost at 9 p.m.-ish on uh, uh, Eastern Time on uh, YouTube. You can also find us on uh, your favorite podcast medium. Uh, So, you can find us at uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, soundcloud that's the cold slither podcast soundcloud you can find us on uh cbc google play and uh you can also find us on our website at cspn.us do it today all right so i think i've got all the plugs out of the way and i can get to the comic book reviews because we have been a little delayed tonight and i apologize for that took me a little while to uh get the hang of uh you know getting behind the uh mic again you know and getting behind the controls of the show so without further ado we're going to get into the reviews of the week and then we're going to get into all the news 
that dropped this week, this past week, in terms of comic book movies and TV shows and uh, legal stuff too. So, uh, you know, uh, I know you're all anticipating my take on this. So, uh, I got some water to uh, slake the thirst and get the uh, the you know to wet the whistle because there's a lot to talk about this week, ladies and gentlemen. So. First up, we've got our reviews of the week, and I'm going to start with um, the one of the lead-in issues to the upcoming Marvel event, War of the Realms. I'm speaking of four number 11 that was released this week. This was a great issue that ramps up uh, the anticipation for War of the Realms. Jason Aaron is writing some great moments in this book between Thor and his stepmother Freya. Thor is in a very uh, vulnerable position at this point. He is obviously still not feeling whole as Mjolnir has, based on what has happened before, um, not yet uh, been recovered from the heart of the sun after Jane Foster threw it there to uh, take care of the Mangog. Um, there's some teases as to what might be happening in this issue to, you know, with, with regards to that. But even with that, there is a ton of great lead up to the war of the realms, which is imminent. So this is a great ramp up to the story that's going to span the entire Marvel universe. So, uh, this is a great place to jump on and kind of get really, familiar with what is leading up to the events of war of the realms. Next up, uh, I'm going to talk about Avengers number 17. I believe Roddy Cat uh, read this book and had and has left me some thoughts on this. So if you'll allow, I'm going to uh, share mine right now. I think Jason Aaron's running on all cylinders on this book with either a boost of Nas or uh, spinning up twin turbos, uh, especially on both Avengers and Thor. Uh, David Marquez is doing the art on this and drops a great visual hint as to where the Winter Guard are dropping off Dracula. Remember, this, we're still in, um, we're finishing off at least um, this initial arc of uh, vampire war stories. So we find out that the Winter Guard has gotten some information from Dracula and they're dropping him off as part of their bargain for granting Dracula asylum within, uh, within Russia. And uh, it's kind of not. It's not a surprise where they drop him off, but it's still uh, it's still an interesting place to to put him. Um, you know, we do have a reveal panel uh, at the end of the book, which uh, you know kind of needs this particular uh, sound effect. Without spoiling too much, uh. A couple points. Um, you wonder if T'Challa is actually wielding a lightsaber with a vibranium crystal in this issue. I know. I wish that uh, Roddy Cat was here with me tonight so that we could talk about that because I, I, I picked up on that and bumped on that so quickly. Uh, Blade has a line about Captain Cor- Cornhusker referring to Captain America. It's a line I thought was unfair because in the MCU and originally in uh, Marvel U, Steve Rogers from New York City. So there's no Cornhusking to be had there. Um, as I said, there's a nice twist ending to this vampire war story that sets up future stories and, uh, the teaser language for the next issue involving squadron Supreme is pretty funny too. Uh, let me scroll down to Roddy cat's thoughts on this issue. Um, 
as per Roddy Cat, the vamp, uh, that's Dracula, and Daywalker narrate. There's no surprise that Aaron um, is uh, using his toys anywhere he can. He's referring to a guest appearance by Thor, uh, supporting character. Uh, he wonders if Jason Aaron's trying to do a Blade book also. He writes that, you know, imagine how much quicker this would have been if Monica Rambeau was there as, a, you know, the uh, a being of living light. Uh, but she's a little bit busy right now in Avengers No Road Home. He also says that the head vamp is back in charge with a new home per plan. Da, da, da. So, and he also uh, picked up on the language uh, in the uh, next issue uh, copy, uh, teasing the events of the next issue. So that's pretty cool that uh, he saw that too. Our next book is Avengers No Road Home, number six. Um, I read this, but I think Roddy Cat had some good notes on this. Uh, the book centers around the Scarlet Witch and Conan, and it's uh, the Witch and the Barbarian, a tale as old as time. Uh, during the book, Conan dreams of Hawkeye and crew, which brings us to a new tie to this bow by Krom. And there's references to other Conan books. Uh, Jim Zub's got to be happy for sure. He's a big Conan fan, and he's written about it um, in the uh, uh, the notes pages that are uh, part of some of these uh, No Road Home books. So that's pretty cool. Um, I don't think I had anything else of note to say about Avengers No Road Home. So we're going to move on to Immortal Hulk number 15. So... Al Ewing is bringing back some more pieces of uh, Bruce Banner's storied history. More pieces, more supporting characters. And in this book, we have uh, the reemergence of Doc Samson, who uh, seems to have come back in a similar fashion. Spoiler alert here, people. who seems to have come back in similar fashion as uh, our very own hero, Bruce Banner, a.k.a. the Immortal Hulk. And I think that Al Ewing is teasing that, uh, and, he's, and he's teased this previously, that the gamma-powered heroes of the Marvel Universe may also share the Immortal Hulk's uh, traits of being immortal. And um, we're not clear on this yet, but there is clear there is a clear indication that this is very much the case with regards to the rest of the I believe they were called the Hulk Corps. Um I'm trying to remember what the team the team up book was that involved the Hulk supporting characters all becoming gamma irradiated. So um that's who I'm referring to. Uh let's see. Uh Roddy Cat notes uh the green door is more active. Than uh, oh my goodness, than any adult film of the same name, of course. Uh, Doc Samson will be listening to Leonard Cohen as long as I'm around. He's never coming out, and uh, we'll see the, how long that's true. Outside of recent events, uh, this actually expounds. This issue expounds on something said in Avengers: No Road Home this week, and topically at that. And it's nice to see a Marie Severin nod. I noticed that too. And a question gets answered about another thought deceased person. That's what I was teasing earlier. So 
Um, those are Roddy Cat's thoughts on Immortal Hulk number 15. I'm just going to scroll up to see if I had anything else to contribute. Um, oh, if I was uh, going to spoil what happens at the end of this issue a little more, uh, let's just say we're talking about maybe undoing a part of what happened during Secret Empire. So there's that. Um, all right. So uh, moving along, we're going to get to... Oh, it seems like Roddy Cat read a lot of the same books I did. So I'm just going to move along in the sequence that he's got listed. Guardians of the Galaxy number three. Uh, Star Fox gives some credence to Roddy Cat's theory, which means it's a red herring. Will we see a Nihilus die? Hmm. Cosmic Ghost Rider reminds me of Ellis in Die Hard. No, he does not remind me of Ellis in Die Hard. Um, we do see where Richard Rider may be coming back into the story. And Roddy Cat is not so keen on how the latest version of Groot is communicating. But, uh, well, you know, we'll see how that goes. And we may be seeing Rocket Raccoon reintroduced into the pages of Guardians of the Galaxy sooner rather than later. So that is Guardians of the Galaxy number three as for Roddy Cat. And my thoughts were basically just in broad strokes, this is a fun issue. But we are still very far from establishing a new status quo for the Guardians, but that's really part of the fun. All right. Our next book is Miles Morales, Spider-Man number four. This is listed as a potential click of the week for Roddy Cat. Uh, it's Miles Morales' day off. Quote, cue the music. They say he's a righteous dude. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know what we're referring to. There's a reference in this to events in Avengers. Uh, at least the subway didn't flood. Um, Roddy thinks that uh, one of the characters, Barbara, who is a uh, sort of girlfriend to Miles, may know Miles' secret identity and uh, and karma. And all it needed was the after credit scene for, um, uh, you know, coming from, I, I'm presuming coming from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So, um, my thoughts on this were a little different because there's some cues in the book to some very Brooklyn things. I thought this was a fun one-off story of skipping school to look at pages from Big's rhyme book at the Brooklyn Museum. And they and I love the fact that uh, Saladin Ahmed mentions that these rhyme these pages, these rhyme book pages from Big are from very early in his career. He was going off the dome pretty much from recording uh, Ready to Die to thereafter. So uh, it's pretty cool that he has Miles mention that in the pages of the book. Um, obviously, the reference to the Brooklyn Museum. It was there's a, a great page, uh, a, a great uh, splash page of little mini representations of the characters tracing their route around Brooklyn, trying to get back from the Brooklyn Museum back to the Brooklyn Visions Academy. It's a great spread by Javier Garon. I personally didn't expect to see on the map the Brooklyn Visions Academy close to where I am in, in Brooklyn, which I affectionately call South Central Brooklyn. Uh, 
it's a pretty much a suburban it's an urban suburb and it's funny that they would put the locate the brooklyn visions academy out out here that where it's a little far away from the subway so but in any event it's pretty cool to see them uh travel around brooklyn using all sorts of means of transportation uh to get back before they get busted for cutting or skipping school and that was pretty cool this is also a potential click of the week for me i enjoyed this very much all right um next up we have another book we both read friendly neighborhood spider-man number four This is the final issue of the opening arc where Spidey is dealing with the under New Yorkers. Uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, unique take on creating an, uh, a New York underworld. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll put it that way. And um, it's not the underworld that you might think of when I refer to it as such. So it's actually fairly, uh, it's a fairly interesting and unique take on uh, that concept and creating new characters and new and a new villain for Spidey to deal with in the pages of Friendly Neighborhood. And I give Tom Taylor all the credit. He's really done a great job setting up uh, an opening arc. You wonder if these are throwaway characters, but knowing the way Taylor works, it's not. Um, these will come back. These characters will come back sooner rather than later. But what does come back after? being teased for about four issues is something going on with Aunt May and it's coming and Roddy Cat's not ready and neither am I. It's uh, some heavy conversation stuff. It's not cool. Um, not looking forward to reading the next two issues. So, and seeing what, where, where uh, Tom Taylor's taking this, it's going to be a rough ride. Okay. Um, I actually read this as well. Uh, Roddy's next book is Justice League number 20. Uh, what he writes is that if there's anything that's supposed to have been screwed before now, it's that scene with Batman and spoiler alert. Young Starro Robin. And that was all a fantasy of uh, Jaro. And that was... Uh, Pretty well done by uh, Snyder and company. Uh, meanwhile, the League checks out the Sixth Dimension. Batman has questions, of course, and Superman is somewhere else. The mystery of the Sixth Dimension journey deepens, as well as what the Legion of Doom is doing while the League is off on this Mixoplick uh, 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 created adventure. So there is that. Uh, it looks like Roddy Cat has ventured off into other books that I haven't read, so I'm going to jump up to the other books that I read, and we'll get to his, and then we'll go into Clicks of the Week. So just uh, hold on for a few more minutes. Um, I read Batman number 67 this weekend in very quick order. It's basically Batman as the reverse Roadrunner, who's still in his Bane-induced nightmare, there's really not too much to the story. It's just sort of following along with some of the allegory that's uh, part of this, especially as it relates to Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner and what 
that never-ending chase really means. So Tom King may be taking the whole Warner Brothers uh, crossover stuff a little too seriously still. We shall see. Um, Captain Marvel number three. The all-women story continues as uh, Carol finds herself trapped with a few other female heroes and a bunch of female citizens of New York on... They're all trapped on Roosevelt Island at the under the under attack under constant attack by I believe it's the uh, I want to say it's the radioactive man, but I don't want to misremember who it is they're fighting. I'm going to pull up the book real real quick, and we shall talk about who it is the big bad is, and then I'll get into the cliffhanger. End page. Ah, it's not the radioactive man. I knew it wasn't the radioactive man. So somebody totally different. It's a villain named the Nuclear Man. So, no, well, radioactive man is big and green and Asian. So this is not the radioactive man. This is the Nuclear Man, and he is—he's not heard of the Me Too movement at all. Um, stupendously sexist. So misogynistic, the whole thing. Um, at the end of the story. Though you know, while while they're they're trying to figure out a way to get back to, um, you know, get back home, get across the vo- get across the barrier that's keeping them from getting back to um, the present and uh, reality as it should be. Um, while they're dealing with that, there's a great twist at the end of this story with a surprise guest star. Now we shouldn't be too surprised at it, and I think if you have seen. Some of the solicitation covers and, and, and information from the next month or two, you won't be too surprised. But if you're not like us and not like people who stay on top of these things, you are genuinely surprised to see this character pretty much out of nowhere appear at the end of this book and provide uh, a good cliffhanger ending. All right. Um, next up on my list was Uncanny X-Men number 14. It's funny, this issue was a great callback to the 90s because it brings back a Dr. Valerie Cooper who plays a role in the story. I guess we have seen uh, Val Cooper come back with uh, the one, the O&E agency, but um, it's, it's funny seeing her back on the side of the angels for a change. Uh, And there's some incremental victories in here for the X-Men by finally coming to the rescue of what's left of the Morlocks. Um, There are things that happen in this issue I'm not going to talk about and not spoil, but it's kind of cool to see the X-Men making some progress on their way back to being a relevant uh, super team. Uh, Let's see. I think that covers all of the books I read this week. Let me shift over to the rest of Roddy Cat's books, and then we'll get to Clicks of the Week. So, Roddy Cat also read Teen Titans number 28. And I understand that uh, some of the news that dropped this week uh, was related to a storyline, an upcoming storyline involving Deathstroke. And I guess this is the beginning of the storyline. The Teen Titans go after Deathstroke again. Uh, Roddy Cat says he needs to catch up on this book, and this seems like where the other shoe will drop. So I think that's what's been teased. 
in that uh, Deathstroke may be, uh, you know, may be coming to a point in his comic book career that all characters get to. Um, it's a way to juice up sales, and the cynical comic book fan and all of you may understand what I'm getting at when I say that. So we'll see how this story plays out. This is just the beginning of this uh, Deathstroke storyline. Star Wars number 63. Uh, Leia puts her plan to take down Queen Trios and show Tarun. Uh, Roddy Cat's sure this little bit of revenge, strategic disassembling, will not affect anyone but Trios. Leia channels Cersei, it seems. There's a Game of Thrones reference. Um, that's pretty cool. And finally, uh, Roddy Cat, I guess, was in the midst of reading West Coast Avengers number nine, but he didn't have a chance to write down any of his thoughts uh, when he was reading this earlier, so um, doesn't have too much to say about this. So we're going to move into Clicks of the Week. All righty. So I think Roddy Cat's Click of the Week, based off of his notes, and I'm going to confirm this with him when I when I have a chance to speak to him next. I think his click of the week is going to be Miles Morales Spider-Man number four. I am inclined to second that. There is a lot of good stuff out this week that I had a lot of fun reading. Uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man number four was great. Um, I really enjoyed um, Avengers number 17 and Thor number 11. Uh, but I think I'm going to uh, second his click of the week and also make mine Miles Morales Spider-Man number four. So that's pretty cool that uh, both Roddy and I had the same click of the week ideas. So, you know, that goes to show that uh, every once in a while, you know, we all kind of feel the same way about a good book and, um, you know, we kind of, um, you know, all agree, you know, it happens every once in a while. There have been times when we've had a clean sweep. It happens, all four of us. So, before we move on to the news for the week, we're going to have our first ad read. Our first ad read is for Blue Apron's Meal Delivery Service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home. With Blue Apron, always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. All right. So now we move on to the news. All right, so our first item in cinematic news, cinematic news, and you guys know we were going to lead with this. If it was a solo show by me, 
or a full hands-on deck, the Voltron forming again, Comic Book Chronicles four-man team. This would be our first lead story of the night. Uh, first story of the night is for the Disney Fox deal. The purchase of Fox was finalized as of Wednesday, the 20th of March, 2019. Disney and 21st Century Fox have announced that the historic deal between the two companies has been finalized. That is some serious, serious stuff. Um, uh, you know, it's, you know, my thoughts on this, and, and, and this is me editorializing, so bear with me here. From the point of view of the, the MCU fan and the comic book fan, um, I think that this is a, a great deal because obviously we reunite a big a host, a whole host of characters that were under the Fox umbrella because of licensing, uh, because of character licenses being sold by Marvel to uh, various persons who are going to create movies based off of these characters. And it's great that these characters, I'm speaking specifically of the X-Men world of characters and the Fantastic Four world of characters, it's great that these characters are back under the Marvel Cinematic Universe banner. They're, on, they're back home. And that's, that's you know the best news ever. It's a little bit tougher when you think that there's a lot more to this deal. You know, if this had been just a deal for the Marvel character movie rights i think everyone would still be happy with how um studios are being set up i i think that uh, obviously there wouldn't be a merger essentially there wouldn't be unfortunately layoffs that come with uh, that come with uh the merging of two movie studios two businesses that have parallel functions and parallel employees that do the same things and we're not and and are, and they're obviously not trying to uh be duplicative and and um obviously you know in that sense waste money so um it's not you know in all honesty it's not uh, a great thing for competition in general i you know i will we, we're going to have to see how marvel and uh, specifically Disney, you know, as the parent company, how Disney decides to shake out how to handle a lot of the films and a lot of the creative studios and creative processes that ran under Fox before the merger. We'll see how that stuff kind of works out, works itself out. Um, you know, it's a little selfish for us as comic book fans and MCU fans to you know, kind of dance, do the dance of joy. Die, 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 die. Hey, 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 hey. No, I'm not getting up to do the dance of joy for those of you who aren't watching the YouTube screen, the YouTube uh, live stream, but are instead listening on uh, via podcast. You know, it's, you know, it's hard to do it. It's hard to do the dance of joy when we know that there are many more shoes to drop when it comes to the 
the future effects of the merger between Disney and Fox. Um, you know, we shall see how that goes. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see where some of the projects that we never thought we'd see what's going to happen to them. Obviously some, some work has already been done on them. One of the things I'm thinking of is Avatar. Who thought we were going to get more Avatar? Now we're going. We were supposed to get a whole bunch more, uh, you know, in the near future. And I guess Disney's going to jump all over that and try to put that out. But um, I wonder what we're going to do. What, what they're going to do with um, some of the other properties that uh, were Marvel related, like New Mutants. We are probably still going to see. Uh, the Dark Phoenix movie that comes out. We'll see how that's treated uh, critically and how that's treated uh, distribution-wise. So there's uh, plenty to talk about with uh, regards to that. So um, it seems like I can move on. Um, Apparently, Mark Ruffalo took a lie detector test over Marvel spoilers uh, when he was a guest on The Tonight Show uh, starring Jimmy Fallon. Not a fan of Fallon. Um, he actually hooked Mark Ruffalo up to a lie detector machine to test out the truth on potential Avengers Endgame spoilers. And uh, apparently, the results were hilarious. And apparently... There might have been some talk about scrolls, so we'll see how that goes. Um, um, the Endgame poster that was released after the Endgame trailer that uh, some of us are still watching over and over again. Uh, that's myself, yours truly. Uh, the poster was adjusted because Denai Guerrero's name was left out, even though she's, you know, almost front and center on the poster. She's right there. So it's a shame that uh, she was missed. Um, but she is now listed uh, on the poster. And, uh, you know, obviously it, uh, it features characters who survived the snapping but uh you know we shall see um you know we shall see who who actually does survive at the end of endgame but obviously you know you have to wait for that movie to come out um uh endgame tv spot offers more of captain america's rallying speech uh like a lot of you maybe i'm avoiding um as much of uh, in-game spoiler stuff as I can. So, um, I'm trying to shy away from some of these commercials and trailers. We've already gotten, I think, our last biggest trailer, our last big trailer. And Marvel has made it pretty clear, and Feige specifically has made it pretty clear that maybe they're not going to do any more trailers, which is great for me because I'm, I'm really not looking forward to seeing more of the story, you know, revealed, even though they've basically said they're only going to take from the first 
20 minutes or so of the movie. Um, I'd rather just walk in cold and see what happens. So, but uh, if you're watching television or even looking at ads without clicking past them online, there is a TV spot that offers more of Cap's rallying speech. Um, speaking of Endgame and questions about what we're going to see, we're wondering if, um, spoiler alert for anyone who has not yet watched Captain Marvel. People are wondering whether Goose the Cat, quote-unquote cat, will be in Avengers Endgame. Uh, the character, you know, the, 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 the scene stealer is pretty much everywhere else. Um, I know that there's a, a specific Goose uh, Funko Pop that was recently released. Um, you know, and, and uh, the characters, the, the, the characters gotten a lot of positive feedback from people who have seen Captain Marvel, so that's pretty cool. Um, apparently, uh, because of Goose the Cat's popularity, um, <laughs> Uh, the directors, the co-directors of Captain Marvel, uh, Anna Bowden, and I, I can't remember what Flex's first name is, but uh, they were asked about Goose and uh, whether or not there would be a Goose spinoff film. And, uh, you know, there's a story out there about that. So you can take a look at that. Um, you can also take a look at our show notes page. Uh, we'll try to get a link out to you guys sooner or later. Next up. Uh, Brie Larson and Tessa Thompson endorse Captain Marvel Valkyrie fan art that was circulating on the interwebs, and um, both stars endorsed a romantic piece of fan art that shows uh, Carol in a loving embrace with uh, with Valkyrie, um, one of the uh, the MCU heroes, and that's pretty cool. Some more big, big news, and it's stuff that we never thought would actually happen. But it turns out it was actually happening behind the scenes and we didn't know about it. What I'm talking about is Disney reinstates director James Gunn for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And you know what we have to say to that? Because let's face it, James Gunn admitted to basically being a provocateur and not tweeting in the best, uh, not, 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 not doing himself any favors by tweeting out some pretty vile stuff. But he apologized for it, basically fell on the sword and went on an apology tour and was, you know, everything, you know, he did everything that you needed to do to um apologize for you know such actions um and it seemed like disney took that to heart um you know it was pretty cool that uh you know what was essentially a a, a troll job by uh, some people who weren't a fan of guns political views decided to you know what they decided to do is uh bring up some 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 of these tweets that 
pretty much that Disney pretty much already knew about, and they made a big stink about it, and you know, Gunn got the boot. But uh, you know, in the meantime, you know, Gunn was uh, pretty stand up about it, and uh, it seems like he wasn't really uh, given the boot. In that Marvel never really looked, you know, at least according to some stories, uh, Gun was never really uh, Gun's replacement was never really uh, established. A search for a replacement for Gun was never really started. So that's an interesting, that's an interesting uh, what if right there. Um. I wonder what people are thinking about this. I know people are happy. I know some people didn't think that Guardians 2 had... Uh, some people think Guardians 2 had uh, a lot of weak points to it. I enjoyed it. I wasn't so keen on um, redoing some of uh, Ego the Living Planet's um, origin. But, uh, hold on. I'm trying to help out, uh, trying to help out a colleague here. One moment, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, seems like I'm about to be joined. All right. Um, while I've gotten some word that I may be joined momentarily for um, for a time, let me see what our next story is. You know, what? I think Roddy Cat's going to want to chime in on some of these really big stories that we that we led the show with. So uh, let's see. What if? Oh, here's some nice news. Marvel's alternate reality "What If" comic is being adapted for TV. So, um, the series has found new life in the form of an animated TV series for Disney's upcoming Disney Plus streaming service. That's actually really, you know, that's actually a really nice way to um, mine all those stories because there's a lot to those "What If" stories, and. Um, it's pretty a lot. There have been a lot of really fun stories produced um, as a result of what if. So it's cool that um, uh, they can adapt some of those and put them into television format. Are you with us? Hello. Yay, Roddy Cat! Sorry, I'm late. The, apparently, it's all right. Wrong. It happens. Yeah, it I happens. Guess. It's happened to me too. Anywho, so, uh, 
So just to get you up to speed, I'll give you, you some time to click around. Yeah, you just started doing um, the... Yeah, the first still story. at the top of the... No, I, I've already gone past that. Uh, well, uh, I guess you didn't see the link uh, I had posted earlier in uh, the chat. But um, um, I'll, I'll, I'll go over it, but I just wanted to recap where we were, where how I did the reviews for the week. Mm. So I basically read through all of your notes <laughs> on the books. And because a lot of it was uh, similar to mine, you know, right. we read uh, we read a lot of the same books, and I just wanted to uh, give you the chance to talk about anything you want to talk about in terms of the books, anything special you wanted to add, and to actually give us confirmation of what I think is your click of the week. Um, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> um, so let's see. There's Hmm. Is there anything special? Uh, well, the Miles Morales one, I I enjoyed that a whole whole lot mm-hmm. because of like it was definitely my particular click of the week because it was it was basically Miles' version of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, mm-hmm. and um, it, it was it was quite enjoyable for that reason. Uh, uh, let's see. How your click of the week? Um, sure, it absolutely is. I I I. I actually, uh, I said it with the with the with the caveat, saying that uh, you know when I was going through it, I was saying that I'd have to confirm it with you before I I put it out there. So I'm glad yeah. that you're here to confirm. <laughs> yeah, and outside of that, yeah, I think uh, I, I think might have that Immortal Hulk was actually pretty good too because of the whole you know it, it opened up some things and like apparently in the Hulk part of the universe, no one actually stays dead. Yeah, well, seemingly not stay dead. Yeah, that was pretty. Uh, that was pretty weird uh, to see uh, Ewing really take it that far. If you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not uh, only that, but apparently it, was, it, it also ties into that uh, Avengers No Road Home uh, part with the Hulk. I don't know if you actually specifically mentioned that. I did, just based off of your notes. Um, you know, it, it's it's hard to see how that's all going to come together, but there's definitely a tie. Right. Well, I mean, being that that um, Ewing is also writing No Road Home, mm-hmm. he can kind of incorporate what he's doing with Hulk in it. So that makes a whole lot of make a whole lot of sense, absolutely. Especially with that part. So, um, yeah. Outside of that, you know, um, I don't think I had anything else to say about you know anything else that wasn't really in the notes. Gotcha. Cool. All right. So. Since I'm still fairly early on in the news, you could, you know, just based off of what you heard and when you were able to get on, what, what, you know, any thoughts on the Disney Fox deal finally consummating? What I said is that we should be, we, I essentially was saying we should be careful what we wish for because we got what we wish for. Well, I think there's caveats and there's, um, you know, other things, side effects that might be coming as a result of uh, getting it. You mean like potential antitrust uh, issues? Well, not even just antitrust issues, but at the end of the day, you know, what's related to that is, you know, um, not even just the lack of competition, but the where 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 that affects uh, creativity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I, I agree. I don't know what you what you specifically said about it. But yeah, I mean, I, I think most people are looking into it like 
oh hey yeah we got x-men back now so everything's all gravy and look there's a whole bigger world than just you know the oh. the the x-men coming back and you know what's gonna happen to fox i saw the something about the uh, apparently the simpsons is also in a deal even though fox tried to keep them separate and whatever with what you know the, the company that the other company they're splitting into and, and apparently Disney's got that. And there was rumor a while ago that said they were going to get rid of Simpsons, which is probably, e- and granted, that's just a rumor, but probably actually need to go. Like, this show's been on way too long. But, <laughs> but besides besides that, so. But I think they already got, they've already been renewed for like three more seasons or something. Right. So whatever. Well, and yeah, and I mean, I don't know if Disney would, if they could, or even even cares about it that much to to be like, hey, I don't care. We don't care. We sure. got you now. We own you now. Right. I mean, you know, basically it's, you know, it's it's a lose for some of the, for, for the employees that are going to lose their jobs because mm-hmm. their positions are now duplicitous. Uh, right. I mean, know. unless they happen to, you know, be able to put them into another similar situation or make another thing, which I kind of, which that rarely ever happens in situations like this. Right. So that's a tough, that's, that's a tough uh, look for this deal. Um, I was also talking about, you know, there's uh, Marvel adjacent projects that may have some, you know, we will have to see how it shakes out with regards to something like new mutants. Mm -hmm. Um, That's still not quite done yet. Um, I read today that uh, that might be a Hulu that might end up being like a Hulu project. Um, so that's you know that that's a tough look for that. Um, you know, and, and and Avatar. I never wanted Avatar. Can we kill it? But I mean, I don't think anybody ever wanted Avatar except for the, the animated one. Which, if you haven't seen the animated, uh, you know, which has very little to do with that movie, you should watch it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm talking about James Cameron Avatar. Right, right, and, right. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's. <sighs> You know, like we're getting how many more of these? Yeah, he was like three or something. I don't even know. Right. It's, it's it's dumb. Like right. You know, I, and I was talking about the the like Shyamalan one, which it still kind of plays because I don't think anybody wanted that one. That one either. Right. All right. So, so really, yeah, I was about to say I'm really glad that you came on for the news because I was looking forward to discussing some of the big stories that dropped since our last show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, um, there was some pretty good stuff that uh, that popped in. So. Uh, you know, with regards to you know, with regards to the uh, the merger, we'll see how everything shakes out. It's interesting. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this in anticipation of this over the last you know several months, and you know, and what you were getting at is you know when you think about the breadth and the and the, the just the sheer amount of IP that intellectual property that Fox had in its vaults. Yeah. That's now in the in the hands of Disney. Just the sheer amount of it. It's amazing to think about, right? If that Scrooge McDuck analogy of, uh, of you know jumping into his money pit is not was not true before, it absolutely is now. Yep, yep, it is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Like you thought it was big when Disney bought Lucasfilm. You yeah, know, you Marvel. It, yeah, no, no. I was gonna say, and then you thought it was big when Disney bought Marvel. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's, it's it's ridiculous and. Very scary, yeah, yeah. but this is the world we're living in now. So, do you have anything to talk uh, from the from the news uh, items from um, uh, from the top from the merger all the way down to 
uh, Guardians, uh, uh, James Gunn. I literally just talked about that. So oh, good because that talk about, yeah. talk about anything that you want in that. So we can. Get I mean, up. the rest of that stuff is it's you know cute and nice. Like the the Ruffalo thing. It's like okay, that's that's cute. They, you know, and I apologize if there's an echo, folks. I don't know where that's coming from. I don't hear it. You're good. Uh, I do, but anyway, uh, hopefully it's not coming out of the in the in the thing. Um. But yeah, like I said, that's cute. The 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 um the the the, the Nigeria thing. I'm like, well, that's, that's kind of an oversight. You're like, yeah, she's an, is a side, side character in all, but right. I mean, she's basically so, one of the big you know folks that are left. Right. I was gonna say, and the fact that she's actually on the poster. Right. That's the stupidest part. I'm like, really? I'm like, she's okay. actually on the poster. Like, it, it's something else. If you're like, all right, it's okay if she's not on the poster. She's she may not play that big a role in this movie. Right. Uh, because they're in space, so you, you know I can understand that. But if you're gonna put her on the poster, guess what? I about to say, but I suspect you know whatever the country thing or whatever is not like it's not she earned her name on that poster, and you know therefore you know, <laughs> I mean she yeah she earned her name and her face on that poster. Exactly. Uh, so, so someone I don't know if you saw it, but I don't I don't have it in the news, but somebody actually made a poster correcting that. Not only that, but just basically changing everybody else to her. Yes, I saw that. So, I saw that. Yeah, so, more than just the actual corrections to put her on the poster. Exactly, it was like just her in the various the, the various different roles. I'm like, oh, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The the TV spot. There's nothing new for that except for a little bit more Captain America speech, like the, the like the article said. The I know and the uh the goose the cat movie people have been clamoring for since since Mar- or Captain Marvel came out. I'm like, calm really? down, people. Calm down. Yeah. I'm like, really? I'm calm like, down. I'm like, like y'all are too tra- and you know it's, uh, it's cat lovers and whatnot and it's like y'all are stupid just calm down <laughs> like everything doesn't have to be you know it's like you know, whatever um however um um the 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 one the reason why I put the one in, the one before that in about uh, whether he's gonna be in or he or she I don't know if Goose is a I, I'm assuming Goose is a male cat I don't know that's just, that's an assumption I probably shouldn't do either way if Goose is gonna be in game it does kind of raise some questions about past projects because it's like okay where was the universe first adventures at, you know when when everything was going out and that kind of stuff you know like, like the, if he if he is now the property of of Nick Fury. Wait a second. What happened during the destruction of the shield build, the tricycle? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Winter Soldier. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like where was he? Where was where was where was Goose when 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 all of that stuff jumped off? You know, like if he was if he is indeed Nick's property, you know, mm-hmm. he should have been in the car with him when it was being chased down the <laughs> chased down by the by those rogue agents. Oh, you mean oh, the Winter Soldier? Yeah. 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 Like that he would have swallowed up some, would have swallowed up some cars. That was <laughs> funny. That was yeah, funny. and probably way shorter than than intended. But you know, it was like, right. oh, this is a threat. I got to do it. So I don't know. That 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 was a part that kind of raising questions outside of you know outside of anything. But you know, obviously, there's reasons for. Sure, there's the obvious reasons as to why none of that. And of course, the Brie Larson, Tessa Thompson fan art. That, that's always cute stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the only thing I got to say about the James Gunn stuff. Like I'm slightly not surprised by this, and it only just proves that. Well, guess what, folks? You can say some things ten years ago if you are, a, you know, <laughs> if you are a certain uh, 
gender and race, you can get your job back and plus more, you know, to, to get out of it, you know. So, and yeah, apparently they didn't even try, they didn't even apparently try to find. That's, that probably does play a role. Let's not, let's not sugarcoat it. Um, but it's kind of funny that it can't, it, it sort of has come out just like, as you said, they didn't even try to replace them. Right. That's a, oh no, no, not even trying to shoot Kirk. I'm like, really? There's like, well, but and it also made sense. Well, actually, made sense because I was like, you're using his script already. Like, you were probably going to end up needing to be paying him anyway for that. And if you aren't, that's a pretty big lawsuit on their part that I'm pretty sure they don't want no part of. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but like I said, it appears they they were basically like. It, it, if everything was true, like let's let this blow over and then we'll bring it back and or or whatever the case may be with you know that the one executive that that they're talking about and uh, as a part of this, it was Alan Horn, right? Yeah, yeah. So, bottom line is, I'm happy, uh, glad that that's over with. Yeah, yeah, but it's. Again, it's another example of how Hollywood kind of works in a way, but at the same time, like I said, it was probably meant to go this way, you know, one way, shape, or form, regardless of whether they did anything on their end or, you know, whatever happened in between. It was just a big, drawn up mess, regardless of how you feel about it. Gotcha. Um, Alrighty. So, what I was working on when you popped on was the. What if comic being adapted for television? Okay, that's so right. if you have any thoughts on that, that's fine, and you can take the next stories after. Um, I'm trying to remember if I did, but regardless, but I'm like, that's an interesting thing to bring to tev- television. The what if, and we talked about what if. Well, we talked about a, a possible what if of you know the MCU last week, so it's kind of funny that they that uh, they actually have plans to do a, a what if show. I'm guessing it's kind of like a. I wonder. Let's see. I'm just wondering if they're going to do it like a Twilight Zone type. You know, Uatu is going to be the one coming in. Is like these are stories from the Marvel U. And what kind of stories would they do that? That you know, like are they going to be like MCU stories or is it going to be? It's hard uh, to know. Yeah, because ultimately, what you wonder is because if they do comics, how much much money are they going to put into this one? Well, there was also that, right? Two is this going to be animated or live action with CGI, and how much of the money are they going to put into that? Right, is it going to be serialized or is it right? You know, one off and done. Like we'll see how that goes. My guess is that it's going to be anthology, and you know, like very much like a Twilight Zone. Is it going to be like a drug history of the? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, there's a lot of questions. If this is if if this is the case, would seem like it's going to be. Mm. Yeah. But so now we can uh, go ahead and move on to. Uh, I guess speaking of New Mutants, uh, the New Mutants features uh, LGBT romance between Wolfbane and Mirage, which. I'm like, okay, out of the ones that you would use, why not use the ones that were actual LTB? Well, actually, Ronnie, I guess Ronnie did have a moment where, where she's... I don't know. That, that, there's a whole thing about New Mutants, but I know there are definitely some uh, LGBT characters in the New Mutants, and 
Uh, Mirage was not one. I'm Danny Danny Moonstone. I don't think was one, but like you could have used um, Amara, right? Who definitely was gay, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right, but I'd have to go back and check. And I can't remember. I don't. And uh, Ronnie maybe had had a, some, you know, had a um, I don't know some so uh, I don't know. Like I said, I know there's been some conflicts within certain characters. Uh, Shan wasn't uh, was also, if I'm not mistaken, Karma. Yeah, Shan Koi Man. Um, Shan Koi Man. Um, possibly. Wow. My, yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, what we're talking about is you know whether or not they just you know uh, change the characters to fit a particular storytelling um, uh, point they wanted to make, or if they could have just really used the characters as they were. Right, but I mean, regardless. Hey, I'm here for it, regardless. Because I mean, if it if it's if it's you know, I, I mean, we don't still don't. There's a, hot, a whole lot we don't even know about what's going on in that story outside of the fact that they may be doing Demon Bear, right? Um, so whether that plays any significance, you know, with anything in the story, which it may or may not, it just happens to be anything that it is, and that's fine with that. Also, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it doesn't. There's this doesn't necessarily have to be a you know a um a a reaching plot to just shoehorn a relationship in. Not saying certain that they would, but can, you know, it should just be a thing that is because that is the world sometimes part of the world sometimes, even if it is, you know, mm-hmm. a fictional world. But it's supposed to be made like ours. So hey, you know, and uh, I guess to bring it all up, because I'm not sure if I have that in there, um we're not sure how the new mutants thing is even still going to be right post merger. Right. So in this and a couple other ones, um, one of which I have in the story, you know, are kind of up in the air due to the uh, merger. So we still kind of, uh, is a wait and see on that. Just bring the dog a movie out. If you're going to do it, you know, <laughs> All righty, so oh, yeah, we can go ahead uh, to yeah. So uh, come on, President Bartlett. What's next? I'll tell you what's next, President Bartlett. Uh, our next story is why did the Gambit movie stall? I guess you can blame the FF, the Fantastic Four. Um, I'm like, no, you blame the fact that nobody wants this movie, and they're still struggling, and Chente was trying to struggle to get it out to to get it, you know. <laughs> A movie that basically not that many people but him wants. And I mean, I know there are Gambit fans out there, so I'm not, you know, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, not not blaming it on what might be a new Fantastic Four, but on blaming it on the 2015 reboot that stunk. Right. Which I don't see what that has to do with anything because outside of the fact that. I mean, so it says here, Fantasy Four came out and didn't do very well for Fox. Guess what? A lot of those X Men movies didn't do. I mean, they yeah, did they numbers. They didn't do, but yeah, but they weren't that great. Especially, well, let me say, let me say, fan critically, in some of those cases, didn't do that great in 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 fans' eyes for various reasons. Uh, whether regardless of how it did numbers, right. So I'm like, I don't think you can lay that on the feet of Fantastic Four when there are other properties, you know, for Fox that uh, weren't faring that great already. And and that, you know, Deadpool side, right? So eh, whatever. 
All right. You got next. Um, Wonder Woman 1984 is not a sequel to Wonder Woman. Uh, I wish I had. I was about to say, I wish I had. Uh, the. It this is the second time I thought of, thought of this tonight. I'm going to have to hunt that down. Um, a sound effect of Arsenio Hall saying things that make you go, hmm. Right. So, I mean, so, okay, obviously it is a sequel, as in it's, it's the second woman for the second uh, movie, but apparently, in which would make sense, it doesn't won't have anything to do with the beginning, the, with the first movie, which that also kind of makes sense, because, like, okay, that was our original movie, one. Yeah. Two, it was a whole different time and place, so, you know, and... Wait, wasn't this supposed to be the movie that showed what in the world? And I guess it may still be, uh, you know, what happened during the time that she wasn't, you know, or the, before Justice League happened or Batman v, v Supes happened because she was kind of just like off on her own and not being a superhero because she wanted to stay away from the world or whatever. I think so. So I'm thinking yeah. this is what this is supposed to be. So, I mean, that's. Sure, why not? It doesn't necessarily have to be a direct sequel. Like if it was, like they would have still been a you know, a, a another period piece. Yeah. It's just a sequel set seventy years later. Yeah. Or however so, many years it was, so So I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> that is not a direct sequel. Right. So next up. Alrighty. Our next story is uh Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy is returning to IMAX theaters. And those IMAX theaters are in New York City, San Francisco, Toronto, Indianapolis, and Hollywood. Near me, not near most of you. Right. Yeah, the the, the bigger cities. Yeah. John, aren't you guys lucky? Uh, <laughs> all I got to say is um, it costs. It costs. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think there's going to be a Q&A. Um, at the Hollywood Universal Cinema AMC with Nolan. Sure, makes sense. Moderated Q and A. So, I mean, listen, most of us have these movies in some form. I don't need to go to see it in IMAX again. And personally, I don't think that the Dark Knight trilogy as a whole was all that great. Right, it doesn't hold up. Like, um, you know, the first one was was good. The second, the the Heath Ledger was the best part about the second one, and that third one. Eh. The third one is hard to sit through. That's the that's the hardest part. And so, you know, if anyone out there disagrees with me that the third one kills the entire in kills the entire trilogy, you can fight me. So that, that seems a little harsh, but you know what? I'm not even gonna fight you on that because yeah. It was, <laughs> Shout out to at Boss Jones on Twitter for that one. Uh, so uh, <laughs> next up <laughs> um so Ezra Miller um again there's part of this I'm going to leave my personal biases beside but um Ezra Miller teaming up with Grant Morrison to write his own draft of the Flash movie because that one's another one that's kind of being stalled out oh which well yeah, well, I'll get to it after we finish talking about this. Um, so yeah, there's there've been apparently issues with um, you know, the Flash movie getting fully off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, and I think I we talked about the, you know Ezra Miller coming out there saying, hey, you know, th- there was a reason why it's being stalled and that blah 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 this and then the other. So, but apparently, yeah, 
he's trying to get a script together with with Grant Morrison. Which, hmm. what what the toughest part about this is that if they don't have, and it still seems like they're struggling to find a creative direction. If they don't have that, they're never going to have a movie. Right. The reason why Shazam, after all of our misgivings, was still able to get it together, and now we're about to see a Shazam movie. Mm-hmm. You know, that's probably you know that's part of the reason why, even though we have a star attached to Black Adam, we still don't have a Black Adam movie because they still don't know what creative direction they want to go in. Right. And there's also another rumor floating around the Flash movie uh, about, which I don't have in the news, but there is a rumor circling that they could possibly recast the Flash. And this is a possible reason why Ezra Miller is doing, also doing, you know, the script, trying to, trying to get the script together. Yeah. It's interesting. To kind of try to keep his job. Gotcha. I if mean, that rumor is, has any credence, you know. Right. I was about to say, ultimately, a, a lot of these roles get recast when they go into development hell. Right. So, which, which brings me to the ne- other one that, like, says not in the in the uh, lineup. Uh, the there's not going to be a cyborg movie, big, uh, and I th- a what movie or cyborg movie? Okay. Um, and it sounds like. It is in question whether Ray Fisher is going to be continuing the role. Also, that that is a rumor. Also, but yeah, I saw an article about that. It's like, there definitely is not going to be a, a cyborg movie, mm. which some people have wanted. Like, I'm not sure how I felt about it, but I, I mean, we kind of got his origin already. That's the thing. Well, oh, kinda, yeah. No, oh, we did in 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 Justice League movies. Yeah, but it was kind of. You, some would argue it could be. It, it, it was kind of abbreviated and just kind oh, of shoehorned yeah. into the fact that with the the whole bigger thing, and they could do more with the character. I mean, what I'm gonna say is that they that's what they've done by 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 making him basically a founding member of the league. They yeah. shoehorned his entire origin into like a couple of beats that involve his father and a mother box. Right. Whereas you know what 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 MC well. What movie fan, what, what comic fans are used to is a little bit deeper, but obviously they've also streamlined the origin, you know, in the new 52 going forward, you know, to that, that's, that's the origin that's reflected in the movie. So, um, you know, I don't know, how, you know, they'd have to, you know, bring in a, a villain that's not established as a cyborg villain, because I don't think he has much of a rogues gallery. Not so much. No, you know, they'd have to bring somebody in, um, you know, I mean, unless they use something from unless they use something from his life, from the the book that just got. That's what I was gonna say. Either from that run or something from um from the Titans, and maybe use that as yeah. a board to create a Titans um uh movie. Uh, you know, there's no way to know at this point, but well, and given that they got there's a Titans floating around on DCU, right. I, I, and Doom Patrol with with a cyborg in it, I'm kind of right. worried that they're not. Yeah, that makes it very tough. Mm-hmm. They just like screw it, and it's just eh, that's fine for him, you know, because we don't care. It's that type of situation. But anyway, moving right along. It's awful. All right, so I think I got the next one right. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Flash is getting a new showrunner for season six. So the news is uh, current showrunner Todd Helbing is stepping down at the conclusion of the current fifth season to focus on development for Warner Brothers Television, according to the Hollywood Reporter, and. Um, Eric Wallace, who's been a co-executive producer since season four, is going to take over. So 
there's going to be at least some continuity moving forward with the Flash. Um, I wonder how long the Flash is going to last. Given I was going, that was going to be my thought exactly because, <laughs> especially given the recent news with that arrows going uh, going away. Exactly. Like so, I imagine some of these shoes, shows are might be starting close to end, which is fine. Looks that you know most of these shows are approaching, if not you know past five seasons, which is a pretty good run, right? So um, I, I don't, I, I I don't think there's even, I don't even think people worry anymore about getting into syndication because there's so much. Uh, more revenue. There may be more revenue in streaming. Right. I'm not sure. So, um, as long as they have enough content so that they can throw it up on a streaming service, they're more than happy. Right. So, we'll see. Um, next up, Supergirl promo properly debuts Kara's Red Daughter Dupliganger. So, apparently, they're going to do Red Sun Superman, but in Supergirl. Okay. Um, and also, uh, Ducky apparently just uh, started his his um, his stint as uh, as uh, Lex Luthor, aka John Cryer. Yeah, I was about to say for those of you who didn't get the reference, <laughs> uh, it's the other dude from Two and a Half Men. Yes, and not the Half Man part, but um, right, exactly. so yeah. So I haven't been I haven't caught up on uh, Supergirl. I need to. Or, and actually, kind of want to because I mean that's actually the show's actually been pretty decent, but you know they've they've been doing some things over there. Okay. Um. Next up. Next oh. up. Uh, oh, weird. It's a special treat. Uh, the first episodes of DC Universe's Young Justice, Titans, and Doom Patrol are available free for a limited time. So I think it's starting this weekend. Um, on the app, the DC Universe app that um, viewers can watch the first episodes of these shows free, uh, mm-hmm. I think, for the duration of the weekend, and uh, should take advantage of it. At least see what it is people are talking about. Um, yeah, I believe it ends the 29th. That is when I, I think, yeah. Oh, okay. So it ends the 29th, what I was going I to think. mention. Right. What I was going to mention is that um, in terms of whether or not it's worth the cost of a of a subscription, I think that uh, the panel is, is split at this point. Um, I think the biggest complaint at this point is that the comic book uh, collection on the app is Sparse. pretty yeah, still, slim. still still lacking a little bit, but they're they're starting to put some stuff, stuff, which they have been putting stuff on there, but it's also been stuff that's also been. been stuff. Hey, guess what? It's Batman's birthday, so here's a lot of Batman stuff. Hey, it's certain, certain stories, you know. Hey, we got Shazam coming right. out, so here's some more stuff like that, which they could have already had a lot of that stuff out. It's nice that part of it is curated. You know, that's yeah. the nice part, but they just need to put up more you know, more stuff right. in bulk because that's what, that's what people who want to justify the cost of this are going to ask mm-hmm. for. I mean, I'm not I'm not the person to ask for because I can watch uh, as a as as an academic reviewer. So, right, um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, just, we'll keep talking about this every, you know, as things come up because, like, I'm sure there's more we could get into, you know, as a revisit. Um, what it's been only been out for like three or four months now, so sure. 
once it comes back to the six month mark, we'll we'll see. Mm-hmm. What's what's. But uh, next up, um, since that article didn't want to load for whatever reason, uh, Titans season two cast Chella Man as Deathstroke's son Jericho. So we, if you remember, we talked about um, we talked about a casting for Jericho. What we thought to believe to be Jericho a while back, not actually that long ago, um, probably like what a month or two ago, mm-hmm. uh, and they now found him. So Chella Man. Um, let me see. Uh, so yeah, Chellman has been cast in a recurrent role in Titans as Joseph Wilson, aka you know Jericho. Whether he will be suiting up, probably I'm pretty sure that might be the case. Um, so yeah, so Chellman is a deaf trans man who is both Chinese and Jewish. So you know that's okay. That's checking a lot of boxes in, in a casting category, you know. Right. And what's yeah. funny is that what's funny is that Jericho was unique, obviously, because uh he's actually not deaf in the comics, but mute, at least from the OG Wolfman Perez run. And he had a blonde afro and a terrible costume. Right. You know, like I all all love to George Perez, but that costume was awful. So um it's nice to see, you know, him being modernized a bit, but right. uh <laughs> well, so it says it says here he's not mute, but you know, being deaf, he has some practice with sign language. He, you know, and yeah. So, hey, <laughs> they, they, they have to. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've I don't know what's what work he's done. I'm assuming you know, you know, his acting chops is up to snuff. That's the main thing about this. When I say they do what they have to, what what I mean is that they do what they have to to kind of give the character a similar type of disability, right? You know, to to help make the character work. Um, right. So, and know, again, we don't even know if he's sitting up as Jericho. We just know he's going right. to be. Uh, it's just tough. what I was going to say. It's just tough to have a mute character because people want to talk <laughs> on TV. Exactly. Well, I mean, hey, you know, um, there has been cases where they've it's been made to work. I mean, know. come on. There's a what's your what's her name? Amber? Marty Matlin, uh, who's who's deaf, not mute. right. Exactly. You know what I was gonna say is, in terms of a character who's playing mute, there's um from John Wick two. Um, uh, um, oh, we will uh, be getting into some news about that. Yes. Um, oh, what is her name? Is it Amber Rose? Who plays the uh, the 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 bodyguard for um, the bad guy? Is that her name? Uh, Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose. Thank you. Not Amber Rose. Ruby Rose. Wait, was it Ruby Rose? Yes. Yes, I hear uh, Roddy Cat uh, uh, consulting Google. Um, yes, Ruby Rose. Yep, yep, sure is. And actually, yeah, that's why I've said yeah because well, we'll get to that in a few because she's actually going to be in the third one mm-hmm. also. So, but we'll get to that in a minute. So, uh, anyway, you know, so anyway. Uh, without without dwelling too much more on this, you know, we'll see how uh, the casting and how the character plays out. Wait, isn't Ruby Rose also playing Batwoman? Yes. So, yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. But Ruby Rose can speak. So, right, right. that's what I'm saying. But yeah, yeah. That's, I was like, wait a minute, right. she's not actually mute. But regardless, right. that's, that's playing a new character. So right. You know, it's uh. 
you know, they, they have to do a bit more to, to you know, to, to feel like they're. And actually, now that I think about it, that spoiler may have, may have, may have, uh, if she was a, indeed, I don't remember. I'm, I plan on, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to that. We will. Um, Next up, um, Star Trek Discovery's Hannah Cheeseman reveals Ariam's link to the next generation. So, so basically, she's the, the prototype of Data. Oh, thank you. Presumably, yeah. Or at least that's the way it's playing off her, and, and at least that's what she's thinking, mm-hmm. uh, according because apparently her character on the show on Discovery just had a big episode mm. um, that just aired this weekend or this week, this past week rather. Gotcha. So, and I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I've seen things um, that may suggest that there's there's whether that character's not even on the show anymore. But um, I don't know. I'll see that when I catch up. Uh, next up, but yeah, I heard it was a big episode, and she 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 played her off, and there was some behind the scenes stuff that's been um, that's been also shown. But yeah, the, but definitely the the crux of it is that. She seems to think that, and there might be credence to this, that she may be linked to the fact that uh, she may be a prototype of data. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if that actually uh, that actually plays off, because her character was a cybern- cybernetic being. So just uh, if that wasn't clear enough. Next up, um, I guess this is me. Uh, Anson Mount and Rebecca Romaine won't return for season three of uh, Star Trek Discovery. So Anson Mount, who who, who plays uh, Captain Pike, and we know if you're a Star Trek fan, you know what happened to Pike at some point in Star Trek lore. Uh, I am not sure what Rebecca Romaine's character was. It uh, was again, <laughs> no, it was not Mystique. And yeah, and guess what? Since Anson Mount is talking, definitely was not Black Bolt. Oh. So, but I, you know, he, he I hear he did his job on there, you know, and I, I don't know how again because I'm not caught up on it, so I don't know um, where they left the character. Mm-hmm. You know, the in season two, so is whether what. We eventually know it's to happen to him happen during that, or it's going to be left to be addressed in TOS hmm. and, and and for forward. Then hey, it is what it is. So, oh, apparently it says here that Mount and an unnamed unnamed Discovery director got into an altercation on set. So whether that has anything to do with um, him not being on show anymore, then wow. I don't know. So yeah. Anyway, moving right along. I was about to say, you can't have him yell at you. Oh, no. Yeah, you know, directors are fragile. All right, so some sad news. Um, Larry Dottilio, co-creator of She-Ra and well-known genre TV writer, has passed away. Um, the news was confirmed by J. Michael Straczynski mm-hmm. uh, in a lengthy Facebook post. Um so this was posted, not sure when. Uh, this was uh, 17th. Okay, so this was posted on 17th. So, uh, you know, our condolences to uh, the Dottilio the, the family and yeah. all of his colleagues. It seems like he knew a lot of people coming up, um, you know, in, uh, in the entertainment world. 
Um, I didn't realize that Straczynski co-created She-Ra. I didn't either. I'm like, well, that was news to me. So yeah. J-Rock Straczynski, excuse, you know that name from comic books if you're if you're uh, you know of a certain vintage fan. Also, you know, sci-fi fans know him as the you know creator writer of um co-creator writer of Babylon Five and and a whole bunch of other stuff. He and 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 folks like he and uh, Larry Titillo wrote for shows like all like all over the place especially uh, animated shows you know, comic related ones so he managed messages of this is we're going back to the Tatilio. um he managed the messages of the universe rock and roll wrestling which dang that's a pull <laughs> so that was the old um that was the old um hulk hogan leg animated uh show that was on saturday mornings Sure. Uh, against people uh, back in the eighties, people would know of a certain vintage uh, Centurion Galaxy High School, which I thought that was an anime. Mm. Um, which it, uh, I've seen it on Crunchyroll, and I've, I remember Galaxy Hall because I was also another CBS show from from back in the eighties. Uh, Bionic Six, Bionic Six, yeah, Bionic Six, Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future, which <laughs> that is a time capsule. Um, the real Ghostbusters. Shout out to the real Ghostbusters. Indeed, Swamp Thing, Daily Nightmares, Hypernauts, and of course, Beast Wars, Transformers. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's done a lot. And of course, you know, go out to his to to his family and friends. Indeed. So next up, uh, here we go. So now we're starting to get into the yes. Now we're starting to get into the John Wick stuff. Yes. Um uh John Wick 3, meet the lead villain Zero. What up, Manny? Um, <laughs> so yeah, John Wick 3 is uh lead villain is uh is going to be named Zero, apparently. Who's being played by one Mark DeCoscos, aka Manny from Brotherhoods of the Wolves, aka um whatever that he played who whoever he played uh during that stint of Agents of Shield when he was on uh, a couple of seasons ago. Right. Um and Cradle of the Grave, which they have here, which that's I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was a decent movie. Well, he you know he made that movie a little bit better than what it was, but did that movie Cradle to the Grave was that TMX? That was. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so shout out to Mark DeCoscos, aka Manny, because I always call him Manny because bro- I'm glad they put Brotherhoods of the Wolves in there. He, he, that was if you haven't seen that movie. Granted, I, I would argue watch that movie for him because everything around it sure is all right. But you know, he had a role in that movie and was was all too short, but it was good. Mm-hmm. I would say. Anyway, so. Right. Next, I will say if you want to, we can just fold the next story right in because uh, what you're going to talk about was pretty cool and it came out today. Yes, um, yeah, so, um, anyway, there's a trailer for John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum John Prepares for War that just came out today. That was there was a story that uh, up until yesterday was being hinted that was going to come out today, and luckily it came out before we recorded. Uh, and uh, have you watched it? Yes, <laughs> I get the uh, I get the professional courtesy text messages. Oh, nice! So I got it. You know, I got it a few minutes before uh, uh, the news hit um, social media. Oh, I about to say, wait, what? Oh, wait, never mind. We'll talk about this afterwards. Uh, <laughs> like, whoa, what? 
Like, See, oh, what, 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 yeah, what I was like, what courtesy are you getting there? Yeah, I'm like, whoa, what, what's going on here? But um, anyway, uh, yeah, the trailer's out. It's great. Um, I am looking forward to I might actually watch this in the theater. I have never watched any John Wick movie so far um, outside of uh, home versions. Mm-hmm. And I actually feel like I want to, um, you know, revisit the first two. I mean, you kind of know what happens in this one, you know, right. the trailer for this even kind of spells it out a little bit, but right. hey. there's even <laughs> which was funny to me um, and well played uh, a um, reference to another Keanu Reeves movie yes which I thought was funny yes yes that, yes. that you can see plainly in the trailer so it's not right. even without spoiler yeah, it's not really a spoiler because you have to find it but we're talking right. about there's a callback to a scene in the Matrix so right which would which you know given the nature of john wick and and everything that goes along makes total sense that that line would be in this movie anyway and i'm so kind of super shocked that it hasn't been in before now that's all i'm going to say mm-hmm. uh but yeah um yeah holly bear is going to be in this uh with the aforementioned mark to costco's uh ruby rose ruby rose who actually confirmed uh, she's in the in the um yeah, it's totally confirmed. She's in the, the trailer. Oh, is she? I gotta look closer then. I look. Speaking of being mute, she's speaking. Are we sure that's her? Yeah, that I is totally her. Yeah. And and when I looked up earlier, it just said she was gonna be in chapter three. So. Okay. But yeah, that is totally her in the in the um in the trailer. Gotcha, gotcha. Like I said, I'm gonna have to double check that, but. Uh... Because you know, I want to make sure that I uh, that I'm identifying the correct character in the um, in the trailer. Sure. Obviously, the trailers go back go by quickly, and if you're saying it's confirmed, that means I'll see the name. You know, like she'll be on the credits in IMDb. So, mm-hmm. all right. Um, oh yeah, look out for that if you're a fan. And obviously, we shouldn't have to tell you there has been a John Wick movie. We're not just doing it just because we, we we're we're fans of the movie. There is actually a John Wick comic book, just in case you're wondering. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, next up, uh, we are anything in clickbait we got to look at. Um, hmm. actually, well, I was going to nothing, nothing special, but but um, ECCC was recent, and there was was recently. Uh, and um, there's a video of uh, one uh, for Richardson, artist extraordinaire. She's dope, doing uh, a drawing of the Dora Milaje okay. from Emerald City. So that's pretty cool. And she was in a Captain Marvel get up. Wow. Uh, so shout out to her. Um, outside of that, there was apparently a story in the hero about uh, the Black Panther uh, quantum and witty crossover that didn't quite work. Okay. Um, I'm assuming it's because Christ, uh, Priest, Christopher Priest wrote both. Mm-hmm. And possibly at the time that this crossover was. Yeah, was going say, we're talking about like early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't actually read the story, but I put it in there. I was like, I'm going to have to come back here and read to this. Read this. But outside of that, yeah, you know, there's just some stuff in there. You can check it out when you, uh, when you get the uh, show note link. Okay. Um, oh, solicitors are out. For June, or at least a couple of them out. So Marvel and DC is definitely out in Arctic Press. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's gonna be finalized probably before the end of next. Right. 
So yeah, this is basically some sink delicious stuff. It's not I don't think it's the wholesalers, but there's definitely some stuff starting to get out there for it. Mm-hmm. So now we can go to the comic book news. Alrighty. So our first story is for uh to announce that Elise McCall has become uh the lead artist for Man Eaters, starting with issue number nine. So good for her. So Man in- Eaters. They smile in your face. Oh, sorry. No, it's also <laughs> It's not the right song. I know. Hey, hey, hey. Whatever, it still works. It's a Hall. Wait, no, it's not a Hall of song, is it? No. Oh, yeah. It's, yes, it, it is. It is. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is that's a, a different man eaters. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I thought you were referencing. Okay. No, 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 no. I was, I was, I was going off a whole totally different song. Okay. Um. Anyway, but yes. Yeah, so this is the image book, uh, written by uh Chelsea Kane, and apparently there's going to be a new writer. Um. Uh, on issue nine, I'm kind of behind on that one, but that's that's an interesting book, <laughs> to right. say the least. I believe it. Yeah. Next up, um, that's me. Matt Wagner's Grindel returns in 2019. Um, wasn't Grindel a Spawn type character? I don't know that much about. I've heard of dating Spawn. Okay, that's that's what I thought. So, um. So Grindel, I don't know much about the the character. I have heard the name, mm. and I've seen pictures of him, but I don't know that much about it. So, um, okay, so it says the original Grindel Hunter Rose was created in by Wagner in the eighties, debuting in a short story. Um, but regardless, Matt Wagner's coming back with a new Grindel story um, this October, called uh, Grindel Devil's Odyssey, with a uh, Brennan Wagner. I'm assuming some relation and Dave Lanfear. Who are, yeah. And it's, uh, just, yeah. yeah. So Grindel fans rejoice, I guess. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, next up, uh, young Bruce Wayne sneaks into Arkham Asylum in Batman Nightwalker preview. So is this part of the solicits? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a preview. There's a preview of October. Well, for, yeah, it's from that DC Inc. thing. This is one another one of those, um, you know, just like the the couple we had last week. Gotcha. From, from, the, so, from the imprint. Right. So this is, uh, there's a preview of October 1st, Batman Nightwalker, original graphic novel from the DC Inc. imprint. So it's based on the New York Times bestselling novel by Marie Lu. Um, it brings to life the dark mysteries behind the gates of Arkham Asylum. So there, uh, there is an online preview of that book and, uh, Remember, if you want to order it, um, be on the lookout for the diamond code. Exactly. Next up, uh, DC's new Justice League explains Lex Luthor's threat to the multiverse, which that is basically talking about Justice League 20, which did you, I, I assume you went over that one? Uh, very quickly. Very quickly. I read it, but very quickly. Okay. Yeah, and same here. There's, yeah, yeah that's, 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 the art looks good in that book. Yeah, it's sort of an in-between story, you know, like setting up what the big reveal is, so. Right. So, we don't need to go over that again. Mm -hmm. Um, Next up. All right, so Brian Hitch. I didn't know he was on Hawkman. Yeah, I didn't either. And I've seen, we've, I think we've gotten copies of that book, but I didn't. Yeah, I just haven't been reading it. So, he's leaving Hawkman for two new DC projects. So, he's leaving... The title with Maze number 12 as his final issue. 
Um, DC's June 2019 solicitations announced the new artist, Will Conrad. Um, he's still a uh, hitch is still DC exclusive. So he's got two more projects with DC set to debut this year. I want to say it's surprising that he was on the book so long, but I don't you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh. It is what it is on that one. So Absolutely. I don't need, I don't know if we you don't know. No, we don't have anything. We don't know anything about the other two projects apparently. No, not yet. Just yet. So we'll stay tuned for that. Uh, DC delivers first look at Bendis' big Superman event. Cause we know he's doing his event over there uh, called Leviathan. Um, yes. And has to do with the group of the same name that has been, that has been talked about by DCU. Um, I haven't been reading the book, so I don't know. Mm. But yeah, that's the thing that's coming, and just talk about it. And why does there is there a Doctor Doom looking character uh, on this cover? I'm Got me. Joking. Yeah. Well, guess what? Find out soon, folks. When when that event happens. Seriously. Alrighty. Um, next up, Legendary Comics announces. Oh my goodness. An official Detective Pikachu graphic novel adaptation. So this movie is going to open May 10th. That is sooner than you think, ladies and gentlemen. That is after uh, um, uh, Endgame. So, you know, as I was saying, it's sooner than you think. So, you know, if you're looking for that, that comic book adaptation, it's coming soon. The movie's out on May 10th, 2019. I'm not sure when this adaptation is going to be out, but it's going to be out soon after or soon before. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if this is this actually uh, says. But hey, look for it around the Oh, no, it's going, to debut, it, it's going to debut online and in stores summer 2019 following the film's release. Okay, so yeah, sometime after that. Yay, I guess. <laughs> As I get my um, screen share back up, there we go. Next up, uh, Venom's Uncle Ben moment, Spider-Ham and Spider-Gwen. Gwen? Because I'm assuming that's not a typo. Gwen, Spider-Gwen? That is not a typo. And more from uh, Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends uh, panel from uh, Emerald City. So apparently, yeah, Donny Cates, uh, Jason Latour, uh, Sinan McGuire... And talk uh, talk um, Eddie Brock, Spider Gwen, and Into the Spider Verse. Uh, they did a panel at uh, ECCC, and I would have loved to have been there because I figure if it, you know <laughs> Spider Man is amazing friends for for if you're a certain vintage would would um, would would denote a, a slightly different grouping. Mm-hmm. I would, so would, therefore I probably would have gone to that panel one way or the other. But this was apparently you know. Again, talk about the the aforementioned uh, characters. So I don't know if there's video of this, but this article basically goes on to what the, the what the panel was about. Yeah, I've got to catch up on that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Hmm. So, and it looks like there's a. I don't know if this is an old panel. Or is it going to be another? Is there going to be a Spider Ham? Oh yeah, Latour. So Latour made sure to plug the upcoming Spider Ham story that he is writing. With artists uh, David Lafuente and Rico Renzi, so um, PC and underscore Dirt will be probably happy about that. Probably, 
Holy uh, cow. As a matter of fact, we'll just plug through to this and say, yeah, how how a Spider Man is returns in upcoming Amazing Spider Man annual. So that, I guess that is the um, that is the story he's talking about. So there you go. All right, Spider Ham hot since. Uh, guess what, folks? Spider Man to the Ver- uh, Spider Verse is on Blu-ray and just came out this past Tuesday. If you ain't yep. got your copy, time to go get it. Get yours. <laughs> I haven't picked mine up yet, but I'm sure to pick it up tomorrow. Yeah. So anyway. All right. That noise you heard was me tapping my copy of um, <laughs> Into the Spider Verse. If if you're not watching the video. Sure enough. Sure enough. All righty. Uh, next up, uh, Star Wars number fifty. Now we're talking about the OG yes. 1977 Marvel Star Wars number fifty is going to be re-released in a special facsimile edition, similar to some of the facsimile editions that have been put out by Marvel recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it coincides directly with May's upcoming Star Wars number one hundred eight one shot from Matt Rosenberg and artist. Giuseppe Concoli, Luke Ross, Carrie Gamble, Andrea Brocardo. Um, this facsimile features a full reprint of the issue's classic story, ads and all, from Archie Williams and artist Al Williamson, Tom Palmer, and Walt, Uncle Walt Simonson. And, of course, there will be some new stories and, in, in, um, uh, you know. Oh, wait. So, apparently, according to this, yeah, that Star Wars 108 is going to act as a direct sequel to Star Wars 50, which that's going to be weird, given some of the characters that showed up in that book, which have nothing, who are... Wait, so that... so Could that possibly mean that some of these characters, like the bun, the Space Bunny with Jackson, is going to be canon now? Yeah. So, yeah, so, so if you did not know, that the original Star Wars run was basically loosely made off of the movie because they did not, they barely had enough of the script or anything. To, it, the, matter of fact, it started before the movie came out because uh, the movie came out in 77. The comic book started in uh, 76, and they didn't really have much of the, the uh, a new Lord world to go, go off of. Right. So they kind of had to, they basically won it. And I, I think we talked about the fact that, um, 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 I'm drawing a blank on his name. The artist for that book is is kind of uh, um, Howard. Um, Howard Shaken. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, who was article that makes kind of divorcing himself from possibly have divorced himself from that book. But yeah, there was a lot of weird things in that book that was not that is right. not considered canon. It's a bunch of characters, including one space bunny named Jackson. Um, <laughs> Who, you know, right. but now that Disney and Marvel own it all, who knows? Yeah, um, and I want to. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember during because I've been the one reading the Star Wars books, and I don't think there has been. There may or may not have been a run. I mean, a uh, mention of any of the characters from that uh, from that run from the original run. Mm-hmm. But this may change that. It we'll might. See, we'll see going up. We'll see, you know, like they call all that that supposedly non-canon stuff legends, but you know they pick and choose what they want to incorporate. So right, or you know the the this the whatever the Star Wars whatever Star Wars one hundred eight is going to be is still going to be basically a, a part of the legends thing, and they're just kind of added on to that. So right. there's there's no saying that it's going to be because the Star Wars book is canon, mm-hmm. the, uh, and all of the stuff that have been thrown out. Has been so we'll see how that comes along in May. Stay tuned. Next up, 
Um, rank or teeth make ingredient lists for build your own lightsabers at Galaxy Edge. So Galaxy Edge is the new Star Wars theme park that is uh, going to be at uh, the nearest uh, Disneyland towards near you. I think it opens. They both open this year. One. Let me see. I think Disney World opens before Land. Okay. Something like that. I can't remember. But regardless, um, there's going to be a way to make your own star, uh, your own lightsaber. And apparently, you have to go through the motions of you, you won't be channeling the it with the force unless you got those kind of powers. Which, <laughs> but you will be definitely making your uh, own lightsaber, right. uh, including choosing parts to go with it, a la. Almost a la uh, Harry Potter, picking a wand type style, mm-hmm. but a little more in depth. And it says, right. and according to the Zarkar, I think it says the whole process takes about like 14, 15 minutes, but there's going to be like four types, or excuse me, 20 minutes. Uh, and it's meant to keep things feeling small and intimate, which means you're only going, you and a, a few other people are going to go in at a time and be able to go through all those deposit stuff and, you know, make your lightsaber, which is cool. Now, yes, you can, there are lightsabers you can make already. Mm-hmm. Or it's not make, but you can also you can buy third places and light up on like other stuff. So, so I don't know. And a matter of fact, I remember seeing from uh, the the last time I went to um, Dragon Con, there was a place that basically made lightsabers for you if you kind of custom pick your color and what handle and stuff like you were. So it may be something slightly similar, but probably a little bit more you know story involved. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is cool. It, it is cool, but Rancor Teeth? Um, so, apparently, yeah, that was from... Yeah, apparently that was that was actually mentioned in one of the movies or something like that. Really? It that, was mentioned from somewhere. I don't know if that was the case. Kyber Crystal? Well, I mean... Well, no, Kyber Crystal, definitely, but, you know, because that's the core component of the... Right, the that's what I thought. So it's, got, it's not going to be the crystal substitute. It's going to be another part. It's going to be the... the, the, um, the, the the, uh, the handle, the you know, the button, <laughs> the helm. Well, I mean, no, because so, so what this article also says is like you know, there's going to be like four different kinds. One's a wood looking mm. kind of handle. I gotcha. Or so there's definitely different. You know, there, there's the metallic one, like you like we classically know, and right. so there's going to be a couple of different ones. You know, that's significant. That signifies different kind of aspects of force users. I got gotcha. aligned with. I gotcha, I gotcha. And that's why the you know Rancor's teeth, which as this article says, is kind of hard to, would be kind of hard to find right. because you know this reminds me around. This reminds me before we move on, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you what your thoughts were on Avengers seventeen this week, because <laughs> because uh, it reminded you know the, the the this particular story reminded me of something I wanted to talk about in Avengers seventeen, something that that shows up, and I'm like, what the hell? Um, is that a vibranium lightsaber? <laughs> So I mean, so it's I mean that that is, I mean that has happened. There has been, yes, I believe there has that has happened before. Um, as far as the you know T'Challa or a you know Wakandan having a vibranium lightsaber or something to that to that effect. So that might have been the case. I'm, yeah, I'm, but Mark I didn't take any artistic license. He was just like, that's a lightsaber. You know, hey, you know, you got if there's a and he wrote. 
you know, well, wait, Aaron, yeah, Aaron did write uh, Star Wars. That's why I said in my notes, like, yeah, he's just using all the toys that he can get his hands on. Because I mean, I was assuming that was a dog related. But, well, that was actually oh, okay. a lot of dog related, but yes, yes, yes. Um, but nevertheless, there's always there seems to be a reference to something else that you know that is written. Yeah, I mean, I got a kick out of that because you know of all the of all the the the, the non Hulk characters that they were showing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we we you know you can't you you, you just just before we um get back to the news. Back to Avengers 17 real quick, you know, of all the Avengers characters who can sort of withstand um, uh, 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 vampire bites, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously T'Challa's wearing the vibranium mesh suit. He's got armor or whatever. He also doesn't have any sort of, like, extended weapon. So you gave him one. And I'm like, okay. Um, you know, I'm like, okay, so which again well, I, is not outside of the the you know is not necessarily outside of the 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 weapons that are right. it's that, the visual that, it's the visual that makes you pause. You yeah, know? like it, you know, <laughs> it could be it could be any other sort of weapon, but because of the way it was depicted, it's like that's a lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, sure. I was like, yeah, I'm sure. Why not? Because I didn't actually think about it that close uh, um at the time, but as you bring it up, I'm like, yeah. Sure. And again, like I said, Jason Aaron did actually write a Star Wars book, so you know, again, could be potentially playing with his toys. Um. So yeah, that, that was that whole Thor thing was kind of fun to me. I haven't been they've been reading Thor. I know you have, but I've seen right. Thor show up in a couple of places. But that part was funny. That was also a potential. I didn't put it, but that was also a potential click a for that part. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, that was awesome. It's like, yeah. I, heard you, I heard there's a dog here. I'm like, oh, that's such a great appearance. <laughs> oh, so, you know, but, yeah. All right. So, next up, I think was fine. Mm. Oh, you were going to just. No, yeah. that was it. We're, yeah. So, yeah. So, Galaxy Edge, you know, is opening up this year. Go check it out. And uh, although it was noted in this article that it was like, yeah, there's four types of lightsaber, which means collectors are definitely going to be going back and forth. I kind of want to go. You know, probably once the, it dies down a little bit, which I'm sure, I'm sure that's going to be a while. I think yeah. um, it's it uh, August is when they start taking orders. No, no, no. Um, no, okay, here we go. Uh, the Disneyland version of Galaxy Edge, op- the location will open at Disneyland. That's Cali. Yes, in May thir- on May thirty first. And the Florida-based the Disney World is going to open up on August 29th. Which, weirdly enough, um, hey, guess what? Two shows are happening around those parts. Um, I believe Celebration... Well, yeah. Celebration is soon. And um, the other Disney one is usually around that part. I can't remember the name of it now. I'm, I'm blanking. But the Disney, of course, the Disney conventions, I mean, the, the Star Wars conventions are around the times that those are opening. Mm. So, coincidence? I think not. Anyway, let's move on. Gotcha. Uh, next up, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, Wasp, and as Guardians of the Galaxy. Did I miss something? Oh, no, I missed something. Sorry, my bad. I jumped ahead. Marvel's Podcast. Wolverine, The Lost Trail, Gambit, and more mutants are set to come along in season two. So um, that's the uh, the Stitcher exclusive podcast. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, for those of you who are subscribers, get ready to uh, meet more of Marvel's Merry Mutant Band on the podcast. 
Yes, on audio, in audio form. <laughs> so apparently that first one did good. I think we talked about it before, so we don't have to really believe yep. at that point, but I haven't heard it. Um, I don't know if there's a way to hear it outside of uh, I haven't heard it at all. Yeah, regardless, hey, it's the thing. Uh friendly neighborhood Spider-Man Wasp as Guardians change artist for May issues. So wait, did you talk about Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man? I did. Okay. I felt like I, I, I don't think I can say about that. I think I, I felt like I, I may have missed the last issue. I read it, but I was like, wait, what I am I missing something? Or did I actually read it and just forgot about what I read? Because I don't remember what actually happened. So anyway, uh so uh Juan Cabal will be returning to the title early. Cabal who drew issues drew. one through four. Is returning in early May for May sixth, number six, or for May eighth, number six, replacing Yodere Sinar. Sinar. Mm-hmm. Um, Sinar remains to set to draw April's uh, number five issue, and uh, Unstoppable Wasps artist uh, Gurihiri. Gurihiri, yeah, I'm hoping that's right. Um, is now drawing May twenty second, number eight issue, uh, replacing. Alta Ferminish. I'm sorry for butchering people's names. I really don't like doing that. But regardless, people are, people are you know, um, yeah. And as Guardians of the Galaxy's uh, artist is being is um, is being replaced by Mateo Lali for an issue, uh, issue nine to be specific. No reason was given why. Just you know, whatever. Yep, it's scheduling probably. Probably. Alrighty, next up. Mm-hmm. Next up, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Miles Morales gets a movie-accurate Marvel cover. So, uh, the cover art for Miles Morales Spider-Man number 7, revealed in the June solicitations that just came out, um, features surprise cover art serving as an homage to the 2018 film. It's crafted by the film's art director, Patrick O'Keefe, and the design perfectly encapsulates the energy that made Into the Spider-Verse so unique. If you're watching the video, you can see the original of the cover right now. So It does definitely look like it. I'm looking at my copy of um, Into the Spider-Verse, like I said earlier. In the, it's, you can kind of see some similarities in the color scheme and all that kind of goodness. And the sound effects. And Yes, it, indeed. So... By the way, I, I'm going to mention again that this week's some of Miles Morales was pretty good. <laughs> um, I was about to say, you should read my notes on it. Um, yeah, I'll go back and read that. Uh, let's see. You got next? I do. Um, huh. I'm, I'm going to put something in. I'm going to stick something near the end of this. Um, Joe Sinnott. Uh, if you for a a long, 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 long time um, Marvel artist, or yeah, or, that is, what was he inker? Yeah, that's yeah. He's a, he's an artist and inker. Yeah, um, is now retiring, which I after a sixty nine year career with Marvel. God bless him. I don't know yeah. if it was all with Marvel, but definitely, God bless him. Yeah, well, according yeah, according to this article, it says um, uh, it says yeah, it just mentions art, it just mentions uh, Marvel. So I don't know, you know, I'm sure he may have done some other stuff, but no, we don't know. But regardless, um, 
what was not known, I did not know this, but apparently he was um, the artist on the Amazing Spider-Man's um, Sunday, uh, comic strip. Yep. Um, which actually, when I read this um, article, made me want to, because I, I know there's a book that um, that um, puts all those strips together, and I've been wanting to mean to find that. Sure, man. When I, I remember, there were years when uh, our local uh, newspaper that carried the strip was the, the New York Daily News. Yeah. I would just, you know, even though it was only like sometimes four or five panels, I would just pour over that. Right. So, and for me, it was like whenever I would, whenever we did not have that strip here, mm. uh, but when I would go travel, like to like say go see family in like Florida or whatever the case may be, it would be there on the Sunday. And every time, you know, I was like, I got to get the Sunday paper. Could you please save me the Sunday paper so I can get this, you know, so I can get, you know. Well, yeah, on, the, on Sunday it was in color. The right. Weekday was in black and white. So, right. So, so I was like, well, shoot, while I was there, I was getting the paper so I can read that strip. Because mm-hmm. Just to see what was going on. Exactly. Because it was not, not local. Uh, so, yeah, apparently he was doing it up until he who is he's aged 92 and he was still working on the strip up until this past Sunday. Right. I mean, he was basically working on it as long as Stan was working on it. It's right. So, amazing. So, yeah, and says here, Sinat was, was had worked on Amazing Story Man strip for 27 years following his first retirement from uh, his full-time contract at Marvel in 92. Right. right. That's when he sort of stopped doing um, full-time comic stuff, you know, like, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, actual comic stuff, but he still, he stayed on. I think he had already started doing the, uh, the, the, the newspaper strip work even before that, but he, he, that was what he was able to keep on, keep up with. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, let's see, apparently he's still, he's 92 and still plans to make convention of appearances, including, uh, May's undiscovered realm comic con in white plains. Yes. up near wow. and, and East coast comic con in Secaucus. Yeah. That's up near me. I definitely plan on hitting that one up. That's pretty cool. So yeah, go check him out while you can. Yeah, I'm wondering if I don't already have something signed by him. I gotta think, but uh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And like I said, all uh, right. If you, if you get a chance to check out the the, if you haven't had a chance to check out the uh, Amazing Spider-Man comic strips, which I don't know if they're online or anywhere, but you know, and I, I feel like there's there's gonna be a compilation of the strips in a book somewhere. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. That's definitely worth a search, if not on Amazon, just mm-hmm. online. To- what's been collected so far exactly so next up all right next up some some welcome news uh you know because you know this this podcast was a fan of uh, mumbo jumbo uh comic i can't wait to bring that term back (laughs) uh shout out to at tim dog 98 for i think he was the uh i think he was the one who started that particular coined that uh, phrase yeah the the hickman mumbo jumbo Right, so Marvel Comics seems to have confirmed the return of writer Jonathan Hickman, an ad running, stop with the autoplay, uh, and that's my turn now, an ad in Marvel's March 20th releases suggests that Hickman's new project's going to debut in July. Um, yeah, so, ad- and, and it has, seems to have, to, may have something to do with that, um, the teaser we got last week. Right. To which we, I think we mentioned the fact that it might have might have been associated with Hickman because there was somebody on on Twitter that said as much. So right. it, he might be launching. Yeah, I was about to say he might be launching the X titles coming out of this Age of X Men. Assuming that's what this is, yes. 
Because, yeah, there's, there's rumor it could be something else. It could be something Eternals re- related, but the all signs are starting to it seem to be, at least according to this article and on other places, thinking it's an X-Men thing. Mm-hmm. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We will we will we will see come uh, come July. Uh next up, John Carter meets the Martians in Dynamite's uh Warlords of <laughs> Warlords of Mars Attacks. So bang 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 bang. Um so yeah, apparently John Carter of Mars is going to have a crossover with um more Martian Mars people. <laughs> yeah. Well, specifically the ones from Mars Attacks. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, yeah, I know, right? It's like, okay, hasn't he had enough marketing? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like a natural crossover, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, that's the thing that's 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 coming. All righty. And last but not least, tonight... Well, I just added one more, but yeah, this is the, the last one in the, the lineup. And next to the last one, then. And I'm so glad you got this one. Why is that? So, WWE <laughs> alum Jack Swagger tells his story in comic books. So... Um, Jack Swagger, whose name rings something of a bell to me. Um, the other half of our panel wouldn't would definitely know who this is. Like, yeah. I know the name, but I don't know, you know that much about the, the character. Right. So he's doing a biography. You don't know Jack, the Jack Hager story. That's his real name. Um, so he's recently be, been uh, working as Jake Strong of the Lucha Underground. So it basically follows the wrestling action of his formative years at the University of Oklahoma and other early life experiences that paved his path to wrestling stardom and recent MMA success. Okay. And it's, yes. a, Kickstarter, it's a Kickstarter. So um, I guess you can find it, uh, you know, you can find it and back it on Kickstarter. Yeah. Lucha Underground is the, is the, basically the Lucha um, show that's on um, El Rey. Okay. Um, and I feel like I've seen a commercial for it, and I think I've actually seen this dude's face on that. But I still don't know. Again, the, the other half of my panel would know way more about this than, than either of us. Of us. So, yeah. yeah. So, wrestling fans rejoice, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so that's the last of the, the official news. But I want to put in here the uh, news from our very own Tim, actually, um, which I did not know until I just read this, that... Um, Silver Surfer returns in new comic by Donny Cates, Trad Moore. Nice. Um, and apparently this is news that came out a couple of days ago. Wait, I, did we already talk about this? Silver, Surfer, Silver Surfer Black. Um, I think we have more information on it now. Yeah, we may have mentioned it then, but yeah, we would, uh, but um, but yeah, so Silver Surfer Black is coming out. It will pick up the on the events of uh, Cates' Guardians of the Galaxy. Which did you talk about that? Did you even read? Did you read uh, Guardians? Yes, I spoke about it. Okay, I mean, but did you read it? Yes. Okay, because that yeah, the only as my note says, like I'm, I didn't read Infinity Wars and some of that stuff with what's going on, which mm-hmm. like kind of weird, and where that where supposedly is going to go next issue. I'm like, wait, wait, there's a character that's not even where that they even are. Anyway, um, so yeah, Silver Surfer Black. Pick up on the events of Guardians and Galaxy number one when Norrin Red was sucked into a black hole along with many uh, com- cosmic heroes of the Marvel Universe by the Black Order. So I guess we get to find out what happens to the, the, the folks that got, got um, at least some of them. Yeah, at least some of them. Yeah. So there you go. 
All righty. And that, folks, is that. All righty. So uh, let me hit up our last ad of the night. As always, when it's been a long night, you know which ad we revert to. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, toys, and uh, graphic novels, etc., etc. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. I guess so. Well, since you since you've uh, been heading this up, you want to go ahead and send us out. Uh, hold on. So what do we do? We just recap uh, all the plugs, right? Basically. Wait. Do you have the trailer up? Because I got it. Set I right have the trailer up. Okay. Cool. I can. I was actually just preparing to do that, and then I okay. Go. Cool. Have to do this. Uh, this bit um <laughs> all right so you can follow us on uh our various social media feeds you can find uh, myself at agent underscore 70 on twitter and instagram you can find at pcn underscore dirt on twitter also at, at pop culture net on twitter and on websites popculturenetwork.com and i need comics.com um you can find tim dog 98 at, at tim dog 98 on twitter and at the click nation on twitter and at cb cron on twitter on the website theclicknation.com and you can find him writing his face off on comicbookresources.com and uh roddy cat who joined me tonight uh after um uh reading a ton of books and you know putting himself straight to sleep apparently uh he read a lot of books um, you can find Roddy Cat on uh, on Twitter at, at at Roddy Cat and at News Nerds Need, um, and you can find and he's uh, helming the Instagram account at CB Caps. So uh, there's that. Um, you can find our podcast at CSPN.us. Do it today and subscribe to our podcast at uh, wherever you get your podcasts on Google Play, uh, I um, Apple. Uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, uh, I don't know if we're on Stitcher, but check out Stitcher, um, SoundCloud, you can find uh, the, check out the CSPN SoundCloud link, and uh, give us five-star reviews, give us the best reviews you can, please. And remember that we are on uh, every Thursday night at nine-ish this week, and this week was a little different, but uh, you'll find us uh, on uh, the YouTube link, you'll, you can find the YouTube link um, posted around the time that we uh, put the, the, the show link out on Twitter, so be on the lookout for that. So, uh, on behalf of the Compa Chronicles, um, is there anything else you, you wanted to add, Roddy? Before we take us home? Nope. Alrighty. So, on behalf of the Compa Chronicles, I guess I should hit the, the cash register. I think I heard the cash register. Uh, <laughs> I got you. You know... But uh, I heard it was like distant, so I was just like, "Oh, is that the cash register?" I'm just gonna hit that just to just to just to emphasize our plugs. So, on behalf of the Combo Chronicles, um, this is at age underscore seventy, and we are signing off. Peace. One. Two.